listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, Kelowna. For more information about our church, please visit harvestkelowna.ca. You can take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 6. We are in our last message in the chap- in chapter 6 of, of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. And next week, Lord willing, we start chapter 7. And uh, the ushers also have Bibles. If you need a Bible, we would love for you to take a Bible and use it this morning and follow along God's Word as references are put up on the screen. And turning to Matthew 6 would be a great start. And if you don't have a Bible at, at home, please take that Bible, read it. We believe strongly in the Word of God. No, it is not just some book. It is the very Word of God that can transform and change us as we read it and ask God's Spirit to do a work in us as we take His Word. It becomes life to us. And, and, uh, and so encourage you to open your Bibles, but also to be in the Word of God throughout the course of the week. In this section of the Sermon on the Mount, we are, are looking at, at something that Jesus addresses, something that is pretty major in, in, in virtually all of our lives. Jesus is addressing the subject of worry and anxiety. And here are some things that we know about worry. Here are some things we know about worry and anxiety. First of all, and you can write this down if you want, it's universal. It is something that all of us struggle with and face. Worry is a state of anxiety and uncertainty over actual or potential problems. And, 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 and some of those actual and potential problems are huge that we're facing. And so worry is a common uh, trait that follows these kind of uncertainties and trials and troubles that we are facing or that we could potentially face. It comes in all kinds of different forms, in different ways. We all struggle with it in varying degrees and in different seasons of our lives. And, and, and it, from, from being nervous and fearful before an examination or a test, and hey kids, you get a little break from those examinations and tests for the next two weeks, but then after that, we're gonna, hopefully the teachers will turn it up a notch, and, 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 and you get a little nervous and, and anxious before a test or examination of some sort. We worry about all kinds of different things uh, that, that uh, can cause this sort of thing, uh, feelings of being stressed or getting anxious or fretting or, or even developing cold sweats at times, even to then panic attacks some of you have experienced or almost being, we even use that, that phrase, being paralyzed with fear that at times we don't know what to do and, and we can actually move. We're not literally paralyzed, but in our mind, in our thinking, we're stuck because of the fear that is ruining and running our lives. And we worry about so many different things. If we were to come up with a list of all the things that we worry about, it would be just quite a very, very, very long list. Here are just some of the things we worry about money. We worry about our investments. We worry about our health. We worry about our business. We worry about the health of other people. We we worry about what other people will think. We worry about our weight, our looks, our clothes, our retirement, our dying, our death, uh, our pain, our bills. Uh, we worry about our job and our career and our future and our, our family and our children and our grandchildren. And if, if the Lord is allowed, even your great-grandchildren, we worry about our church. We worry about our friends, about our job, our possessions. We worry about getting old. We worry about growing old, all of these different things. And the list would go on and on and on. And all of this to say that worry, anxiety is a universal struggle. None of us are immune to it. And none of us have mastered a worry-free, anxiety-free life. 
But God's word offers solution and he offers victory. For daily struggles, he offers daily victory for us. And so oftentimes we put on our brave faces, we put on our Sunday smile, and behind our faces and behind those Sunday smiles, our lives are filled with great anxiety. Sleepless nights. Mind racing through the day. Not being able to concentrate. In fact, right now I'd love for you all to reach and, and get, one of the, get those sticky notes. And there's probably two or three of them. You probably only need one, but some you may have want to use all two or three. And so re reach ahead, get one of those sticky notes. Ushers, come forward right away, please, with multiple amount of pens. Everyone needs a pen. If you don't have a pen, raise your hand. Ushers, are you ready with those pens? Let's uh, fire those. Uh, just raise your hand and, um, and, and let's get pens have one of those sticky notes, and I'd encourage you even right now to take and write down your top three areas of worry. And you say, top three? I'll give you 30, write down 30. All right, write them down as they come to mind, keep it handy throughout the message, encourage you to continue to keep writing things down as they come to mind, say, oh yeah, that's something I worry about, never even thought of that right away, but yeah, that's a worry, and as a worry hits you even throughout this message, you know, you write that down, maybe you're worried about how long this message will go, write that down, whatever it is, whatever you're afraid of, whatever a worry, anxiety is troubling you today, or something that you are seeing in your future that is troubling you and is an issue, just write that down. And, and, um, and, and encourage everyone to do this. This is a universal struggle and, and we can also offer a biblical solution to this universal struggle. And so encourage you to write that, to be writing that down in the days ahead or in the, in the moments ahead. Write down a number of those. And, and folks, you have to understand, we're gonna look to God's word here this morning, but we don't preach the word of God simply for our information. It's not just to inform you folks. God's word is for not just our information or our consideration. It is for our transformation. And God desires that you be set free from worry today. And that today would be not just another day, but it would be a day of victory. A day where the healing begins, where the path to victory in, in this area that has been hounding and troubling you perhaps for days or weeks or months or even decades. That today would be a day where freedom starts and a path towards healing and victory begins. And as things come to mind throughout this message, take time to write those things down. And before we go any further, let's bow together in prayer. And so even God, even right now, we just come to you and we pray that you would work here this morning in our midst. Not through my words, but by your spirit. Would you work through the holy, anointed word of God. God, speak to each person. This is one of the beautiful things about the proclaimed word of God, is that it is one message that is being proclaimed. But Holy Spirit, would you take and would you aim the message that is being proclaimed into different areas of each person's life, and would you speak truth and hope and help that today won't be just another day. That today would be a day where we would look on the calendar of our lives and look that today was the day that things changed. Here on this St. Patrick's Day in 2019, everything changed. And God, we ask that not because of my power, we ask because of your Spirit's power. Would you be at work in our midst 
and work in each one of us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So with those pieces of paper by your side and hopefully some note paper as well by your side, let's continue on here. I need to qualify one of the things about worry and anxiety. There is a difference between worry and concern. To be worry-free doesn't mean you just have a lazy, lackadaisical kind of approach to life. Not at all. We are to be, to give care and attention to our work, care and attention to our finances, to our family, to our health, and so on. But rather than allowing those concerns to become areas of worry and stress and anxiety, it's about bringing it to the Lord who promises that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us and he promises that he will guide us and he will direct us and he will provide everything that his children needs. That is what we're talking about here today. Worry goes on proper care and concern. It moves into obsessing and fretting and stressing, which is then something that we are wanting to tackle head on here this morning. And so worry is a universal problem, but second of all, worry is also life-sucking and costly. It sucks the life out of you like the sun on a hot Okanagan day and you're outside working out in the backyard or you're outside, you have an outside job and just in the way that the sun just saps your energy, worry and anxiety does the same. Sleeplessness, panic attacks, medications and their side effects. And, and, and the effects of worry and anxiety leads to all kinds of health issues. The effects are catastrophic on our bodies and it takes its toll. It affects us physically, affecting the glands, the, the, the circulatory, cir circulatory system, the, the nervous system. It affects us emotionally. It affects our relationships. It, it, it affects us spiritually, robbing us of life in all of those areas. Worry and anxiety, if left unchecked, is like a round rock rolling down a mountain. And it will roll and it will continue to go, 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 and one day will end with an incredibly hard crash causing great destruction. When we live with anxiety and fear in our lives, every issue can seem overwhelming and discouraging, leading to depression, to isolation, and to other reactions that are not good for us. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in North America. It costs our economy billions of dollars every year in North America in lost productivity because of worry, the effect that it has on the workplace, people phoning in sick, people not doing their job, accidents, mistakes that happen because people are so overwhelmed with what's going on in their lives, leading to billions of dollars spent every year in prescription drugs as well as over-the-counter medication. And if it's not in those areas, we may simply self-medicate ourselves with alcohol or now with pot as it's now legal or binging in various areas in our lives to try to somehow suppress, ignore, get rid of, to, to kind of get rid of, of those anxious thoughts. And we may binge in areas of food or, or in drink or in shopping or in fitness or busyness or sleep or Netflix or whatever it might be, just to try to, to push it away and keep it from hounding us continually. 
But here's another thing about worry. Worry is sin. God's word calls worry sin. It is a violation against God. Over and over we see the commands in the word of God that tell us not to worry, to fear not. It's a direct command from the God of this universe to not do it. And to do it when God says not to do it is a sin against our God. Philippians 4 verse 6, the Apostle Paul writes there, he says, Do not be anxious about anything. We aren't to be anxious about anything. And then it continues on and gives a solution. And we'll get to the solution a little later on. We're not to be anxious about anything. Listen to some other verses. And, and again, can address this a little later. But just listen to, to what God's word has to say in Isaiah 35 verse 4. It says, say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong and fear not. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, fear not. Joshua 1 verse 9 says, do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. Do not be afraid. John 14, verses 1 and verse 27, twice it says in John 14, the words of Jesus, he says, Don't let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Command after command in the word of God to not worry, do not fear. And so when we worry, we have to understand that we are disobeying a direct command of God, and it's sin, and sin needs to be confessed. And we'll get to that in a few moments as well. Oswald Chambers said this, it is not only wrong to worry, it is infidelity. Because worrying means that we do not think that God can look after the practical details of our lives. It's a failure to trust in God. And yet, sadly, we have so often have come just to accept it. Oh, that's just the way I am. I'm just a worry ward. My mother was a worrier, and I'm a worrier. And so we justify it that way. We just say, well, that's just the way I am. But folks, choosing to worry is choosing to sin. And when we choose to sin, we choose to suffer. And we suffer the consequences and a life that is not lived in the power and the victory that God promises for us here on this earth. Your tomorrow can be different. Your future can have an incredibly different look to how it started out even today as we take God's word to heart. Listen to what David wrote in Psalm 34. He said, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from half of my fears. He delivered me from almost all my fears. So I said, no. We put it on the screen so you know that, that I'm lying to you and that this is what God's word says. What did he say? I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from... He delivered me from all of my fears. You say, yeah, but that's David, King David. Come on, he wrote a whole bunch of the Bible. He was listed as, you know, a man after God's own heart. I mean, he did some pretty courageous and crazy things. I'm not David. Yeah, David was a godly man. He was a man after God's own heart. But man, he was a sinful man too, wasn't he? He went into depths of sin that I trust that... that Many of us have never and will never get to. And David was a forgiven man. And because he was a forgiven man, he was also a man who was able to declare, even in the difficult times and seasons of his life, that when he would turn to God, his God would deliver him from all of his fears. God can do that, and he will do that for you today. 
loved ones need to listen to this. This can be your story. Jesus does not want us struggling another day. He doesn't want it to be a same old, same old worry, struggle, feel bad, feel guilty, and just try to keep pressing on. Continue to keep writing down those areas of fear, those areas of struggle. We're going we're gonna to deal with those today. Sinclair Ferguson, a Scottish theologian and pastor, he said this, worry is a plague of the Western world. It's very true, isn't it? It's a plague. It's so huge. He went on to say this, if anxiousness is not caused by a chemical disorder, which it can be, there can be chemical disorders in our bodies, in our system, that can cause certain anxiety. But he says, if anxiousness is not caused by a chemical disorder, putting chemicals into our body cannot be the cure. And we are so quick to, to medicate and to take things that we think will help and to take happy pills or slow down pills or whatever it is that we need to get focused when God's word offers a solution. I'm not saying medication is all wrong or it's all bad. It needs to be done carefully. But we need to look for the spiritual solution because so oftentimes what the struggle is and the battle is, it's a spiritual problem. And spiritual problems need a spiritual solution. And it's offered here in the Word of God. And I want you to know what I'm talking about here today. It's a struggle that I, I have daily. As I have daily victories, I have da daily struggles in the area of worry. Just as I'm sure all of you do. In fact, I spent time this morning writing down some of my worries. But I found the path to victory, and when you find the path to victory, you want to share it with others. And today I want to share with you some of that, that journey, some of that path. When Charlotte and I had been married about four years, we were starting to think about having a child and excited about that possibility. We were pastoring a church in Alberta, and things were going quite well. And then all of a sudden, rather suddenly, I entered into a valley, into a dark valley of fear and anxiety that really, in so many ways, just came out of nowhere, just came out of left field, didn't see it coming. In fact, to be honest with you, I kind of struggled with people who had head problems. I just kind of felt like, what's your problem? You know, kick in the butt and let's get moving. Come on, pray a little more, read the word a little bit more, come on. And then it happened to me. And all of a sudden I saw, I experienced what many others have experienced, many of you are experiencing today. For the next few months I would battle and I would struggle, I would obsess in silence. I was way too proud to admit my struggle. I was way too fearful to admit my fears. And so I chose to suffer in silence. And it was a living hell. The grip of hopelessness in the light, in your life, the despair. I remember distinctly, I can go right back to that place in my mind. I remember where I was sitting one Saturday night, and I was thinking, is this going to be the rest of my life? I guess it is, and I'm just going to have to deal with this anxiety, with this struggle, with this fear for the rest of my life. But more than likely, though, it would have ended my life rather shortly maybe still alive, but it would, would, would greatly alter my effectiveness for Christ, my family life. 
It was during this time that Charlotte got pregnant, and I thought, I'm not even going to be around. I won't be a fit father. I'm not going to be around for this little one, or maybe I'll even be dead. I was already starting to write out little notes, and I was going to record a little video so, so my child could maybe meet their dad by video because I thought for sure I'd be dead. It was a path headed to destruction. And when worry and anxiety, it doesn't have to get to that level for you for it to be a problem. Because the problem just starts in little areas here. Here and there, allowing worry to gain a foothold. And God's word says, don't let the enemy, don't let the devil gain a foothold in your life. And it can do that in little ways here and there. Well, today in the Sermon on the Mount, and I'll share more of that story a little bit further on, but let's allow God's word, God's truth, not my story, but God's word, God's truth, and how he can bring deliverance to our lives. We're going to talk about a healing process and, and, and a way for us to find freedom and victory in this. And, 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 and what we're talking about today isn't a one and done thing. It's going to, not going to be, hey, I prayed and I came forward or I did this or I did that and all of a sudden, woohoo, I'm free and now I'm good for the rest of my life. No, this is a process that we're going to continue to live out until the day we meet Jesus. And so we need to be driven to the word of God because that's where we find our ultimate hope and help. It's not going to be through my story. It's going to be through his story. And so today in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives three commands in the passage in the portion that we're going to be looking at today. And he says three times, do not be anxious. And because Jesus says it three times, not to be anxious, we're going to look at three ways that we can win over worry. And I encourage you to write this down because these will be important steps that I encourage you to be focusing on and remembering throughout the course of this week. And, and, and the first step is look, take a look, fix your eyes, how God faithfully supplies and cares. Take a look at what God has done. Take a look at who God is. And, and we're going to pick it up here in verse 25. These are the words of Jesus. And he says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is... Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Jesus is calling us out here. He's calling us on how we get so worried, how we get so obsessed, we get so uptight over so many different things, whether what we eat or drink or about our bodies, about our health, about our clothes, about our possessions. And what he's basically telling us here from his word is get off your screens, put down your phone, stop looking at the news, get out of the office, get out of bed, get out of the shopping mall and get outside. And consider the birds. He's telling us, quit focusing on all of these different things. And for a few moments, he's saying, I want you to think about the birds. Think about nature. Take a look at how, how, how 
your heavenly Father provides for even the birds. If God cares about the little birds, he's saying, how much more does he care about you? Birds, they make their nest. They raise their young. They don't plant a garden. They're not going to the seed shop and buying seeds from the store. No, they're finding seeds. They're finding food to eat. They don't reap a harvest. They don't store their food in barns. They don't have a treasury somewhere where they keep their, 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 their stash for the days ahead. No, they daily go through their lives building their nests, caring for their youngs, for their young. And they know that day after day that God will provide. They're not worried. They just know their provision will be there for them. And so Jesus is telling us this. Look at the lesser and see the greater. The birds are the lesser. I mean, they're little animals. Yesterday, while I was even sitting at, at, at my desk down in, in our, on our main floor, our basement floor, I guess, looking out the window, there's a nice little sparrow that came. I'm like, how timely. I mean, sparrows are pretty much nothings of birds, aren't they? I mean, there's nothing special about them. And then the, you get some of the beautiful hummingbirds that will soon be here, and the robins, well... Maybe you don't like those very much. And, you know, but, but I mean, the, these birds, they fill the air. There's so many of them. You think of how many millions of birds are just in the Okanagan alone. A couple hundred thousand people, millions of birds. And faithfully, they go about doing their business. And they get fed. They raise their young. They sing songs. Some of them sound beautiful. Crows don't. But Jesus said, look at the lesser. Jesus didn't come to the earth for the birds. Jesus didn't die on the cross for crows or for sparrows or for parrots or canaries. Jesus didn't promise them a place in heaven. Birds aren't made in the image of God. They don't have souls. And look how he cares for the birds. He cares for the birds in this way. And so Jesus is saying, if he cares for the birds that much, you need to know how much he cares for you. He's crazy about you. He loves you. He came. Jesus, the Son of God, came to this earth for you and for me. We are the greater. We have been made in the image of God. And God loved us so dearly, he sent his Son to this earth to rescue to redeem and to provide for everything in our lives that we're facing. Oh, how we need to trust God like the birds. Oh, how we need to trust that God will provide. And so when he says, don't be anxious because your heavenly father will provide. He provides for the birds, he's going to provide for you. You are so treasured. You are so loved. You are so valuable. Then verse 28, he says, Consider the lilies of the field, how beautiful they are clothed with such color and vibrancy. A few weeks ago, I showed some of these pictures here, a few more of some pictures from the wildfires that took place in 2003. And since those wildfires ravaged Okanagan Mountain Park area those years ago, it proves that beauty can rise up from the ashes. And look at year after year now, these flowers that are out just growing in the wild. 
They don't actively toil or work. You know, they're here one day, and then by middle of July, most of them are gone. They're, they're dried up, and they just kind of wither away. And yet, look how God takes care of the countryside. Look at how beautiful. The colors, the vibrancy. You put them under a microscope, and you will see the detailing of fine, exquisite tapestry that God has created so much more than Solomon and all of his beautiful robes that he had. You put those under a microscope, you're like, uh, a few stitches here and there, cool. You look under how God has clothed the flowers with such intricacy and beauty. And Jesus is saying, you have a heavenly Father who cares for creatures like birds, who puts so much thought and care into the beauty of flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow. If God cares for his creation that much, how much more does he care for his children, for his creations, for you and for me? And listen to what he says. Oh, you have little faith. You just need to believe this. You've got to believe that that you are so much more valuable than the birds and the flowers. He won't abandon you. He cares. He knows what you're going through. And he will supply. He will meet our needs. He promises this. So here's another way then, second of all, that we can win over worry. The first one. If you can put the first one, if you can put them back, put them up there. The first one, look how God faithfully supplies and he cares but then second of all remember your salvation and the power and victory that it provides remember what christ has done look at what he says in verse 31 he says therefore do not be anxious again another command don't be anxious about what we shall eat or what we shall drink or what we should wear then he says for the gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. You say, don't be like the Gentiles, working, striving, obsessing to get more and, and to get all of these different things. He says, don't be like the Gentiles, the unbelievers, those who don't believe in God, those who don't trust God. Don't, don't follow those self-made people who are going to make their way and... Oh, they may get their stuff, but oh, the obsession and the worry that they end up living with. These people are bound by the horizons of the earth. Everything in their life is crammed into the visible. And, and they are obsessed with these things. And, 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 and that obsession just leads to greater worry and anxiousness. And you need to know, folks, again, that God loves that Jesus came for anxious people. He came to this earth and he died on the cross for us. He died on the cross for worriers, for the worrywart, for the person who frets. Jesus purchased all of our sin, all of our fears, and his sacrifice on the cross covered them all. He took it all because he loves us. And because he loves us, he redeems us and he reconciles us into a relationship with God. And Jesus transforms and he changes 
the people he saves. He just doesn't leave us in the condition we were in. He desires to change us and to transform us. He says, don't be like the Gentiles, obsessing and worrying and just trying to build things up here on this earth. Your life is so much more than that. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? Do you have a salvation story? Do you know his saving power in your life? Have you come to that place where you've surrendered your life to him? Have you come to him believing that he is the promised Messiah that the Old Testament talked about? The Messiah who came to this earth, God in the flesh, who lived a perfect life, died a substitutionary death on the cross for our sins, and then rose again on the third day in victory, conquering sin and death and worry and anxiety, fear. And when we come to the end of ourselves and we say enough is enough, and we confess our sin and we turn from our sin and we say, Jesus, you are the Lord. You are the master of my life. I turn my life to you. He comes in to our lives by his precious Holy Spirit is a seal, a deposit in our lives. And he is the king. He is the master. And remember in the verses prior to this, Jesus was saying, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and you can't serve the things of this world. It's got to be one or the other. And when we have made the decision, and this is a daily decision in our lives that we're going to choose, Jesus Christ is my master. My finances won't be the master. My career, my family, my hobbies won't be the master of my life. Jesus is the master of my life. When Jesus is the master of my life, and we remember our salvation story and remember there's victory that has been purchased in advance for us over these areas in our lives. Daily, we come to him. Colossians 2, verse 6, the Apostle Paul wrote this. He says, just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to walk in him. Continue to walk in, G in the life of Jesus Christ being your master, of being your savior. Continue, this is a, a daily, a continuing process. Daily we come to, to our God, Abba, Father, dearest Father who loves us. And daily we come to him confessing our areas of sin and our areas of struggle, recognizing his lordship, his kingship, his provision in our life. And we believe by faith that he, as we were singing a little earlier, is a good, good father loves us. He provides. And then, look in verse 33. Look, it says that daily we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. This sadly can be one of the most quoted and yet it is one of the most amazing passages of scripture but oftentimes misquoted in our world today especially in our western world. Misquoted and abused by prosperity teachers and people who just think that, um, that, that God is their sugar daddy who is just going to supply and meet all their needs. I, I heard of a guy who had, on the side of his boat, he had a very nice boat, and as he went up and down the lake and showing everyone his boat, it said on the side, Matthew 6, 33, that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and <laughs> all these things will be added unto you. Look how he's provided this boat for me. 
That's not what he's talking about. That's so misunderstood. But sadly, so many people come to Jesus and they, they think that, you know, I have this little prayer, I pray this prayer, this little God sprinkling in my life, may even get baptized, go to church, and, and then my dreams and my plans, <laughs> God, God's just going to meet them. He says right here, all these things will be added unto you. Good business, lots of savings, great family, all these things added unto you. I, I, I saw him, I'm seeking him, giving him his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Oh, we, yeah, the, the, doesn't, sure sounds good, but it's just not biblical. What Jesus is saying is, as his children, daily, get your priorities right. Daily, pour your life, your resources, your thinking into things that will exalt Jesus, about, that will be about his righteousness. It's praying every day, say, hey God, would you use me today? For your glory, for your kingdom, seeking first his kingdom. God, would your kingdom first be your agenda, your plan? And what's God's plan? That no one would perish, that all would come to repentance. That we would be sharing the gospel, we would be examples and living out the gospel in our lives and through our lips. And then you watch how God provides when we seek him first, his kingdom first, and his righteousness. And he says all these things... The daily necessities he will provide. He will take care of. And one of the things about our God is he gives us so oftentimes more than we even deserve. We are so blessed. He will provide for different people in different ways for each one of us. But we all have the same mandate. His kingdom first. His righteousness. And he promises to take care of our needs. Get our priorities right and God takes care of us. It's that daily, God, would I be a vessel for you today? Would I not be living my agenda, but your agenda? What would you have me to do today? God, direct my footsteps. Would I be used by you in speaking to this person? In being attentive to your spirit? I see somebody who's, who's walking and they're crying as they're walking down the street. And, 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 and God just nudges you that you need to go talk to that person. Whatever it is that he's speaking to, that we would listen to what his spirit is saying in those areas and we would, we would follow in obedience. The third way that we win the war on worry is daily. Trust that God's grace is sufficient. Look at verse 34. It says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Today... You're facing trouble. Tomorrow there will be trouble. Today our world is facing trouble, isn't it? This past week there's a lot of trouble in our world. Today there will be trouble. Tomorrow there will be trouble. There's trouble in this room today, in your lives, in your family, in your work, in your finances, in your health. There's trouble. There's health challenges. People in this room and for family and for dear friends outside this room that we care for. There's financial trouble and worries we're facing. There's family trouble, relationship issues. There's trouble in our heads with worry and anxiety. Trouble, trouble, trouble. This world is so full of trouble. And Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be troubled. Today there will be trouble and tomorrow there will be trouble. We're told here in verse 34. Yet the good thing is that there is 
hope for today. Today's mercies are available for, for, from God, and for tomorrow's troubles, there will be new mercies from God. Look at Lamentations chapter 3. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Today and every day there are new mercies for whatever the trouble is that we're facing. For whatever seems like is out of control in our life, there will be new mercies to allow us to experience his self-control. And he's telling us we don't need to worry about the things for tomorrow because tomorrow, yeah, there's going to be worries tomorrow. You, you think about today, how God can faithfully meet us today. He's telling us you're not an orphan. God does not abandon his own. He cares for you. All the resources of eternity are at his disposal for him to grant to his children. And they're provided for you and for I today if you know Jesus Christ, if he is your Lord and your Savior and he is your master today. God will provide new mercies for today and then new mercies for tomorrow. And one of the primary ways that he provides those mercies is through his spirit, but ultimately through his word, through the golden nuggets of his word for us to strengthen. And as we take his word and we believe it by faith and we're going to choose to walk by faith on what God's word has to say, there are mercies for today. We do the same for tomorrow and same for Tuesday and for Wednesday. You say, how can this happen? How can my faith grow in this way? I want to believe this. Well, Romans 10, 17 says that. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. These are the words of Christ we're looking at. The word of God is his word. And our faith will grow and it will build as we wait on the word as we're finding ourselves daily in his word and feeding richly on that. But the only way to break free from this is to focus our energy on loving and worshiping God and what's the best way that we do that? It's through the scriptures. See, folks, the word of God is so central to this. We need God's word in our lives. We also need the friends, friendship and accountability of brothers and sisters who will walk with us through the body of Christ. At the start of the message, I mentioned that battle, that struggle with anxiety that I was experiencing. I remember as plain as day, the day where I finally said enough is enough. And I trust that today, for some of you, it would also be the day where you say enough is enough. And I said enough. No more of this. I'm tired. I can't keep going like this. It's going to kill me. It's going to cause a great effect on my family, on my work, on my joy. On my relationship with God, it is a hindrance. And I said, I can't take it anymore. I have been pleading. There was times I'd be in my office at the church and I would be on my face saying, God, no more. I can't do this anymore. What am I going to do? I remember calling out to God. And one of the verses that came to mind that he just would not let go is James 5. James 5 where he says, confess your sins to one another and you will be healed. And I knew I needed help. I needed brothers and sisters. I needed a loving wife to stand with me in that. And so I remember, I exactly know exactly where I told Charlotte the dark depth of my worry and my fear and what it was doing to me. I was so scared to tell her because I thought she's just going to think, what a nut job did I marry? 
I'm scared to tell the elders in the church because I figure they're going to fire me because I was just such a basket case. I'm scared to tell others because of pride and think they would think less of me. But finally I came to the point where I said, I don't care. I don't care. I need help. I, I can't continue to go like this. No more struggling in silence. And so I told Charlotte, the first thing she said, we need to pray. And she prayed with me and for me. And then she said, we need to get others praying. You need to call our parents. You need to let others know who love you and will stand with you. I got some help. I saw a counselor for a season, built some prayer partners, accountability partners in my life, but the absolute best and the most important healing medication that came was the Word of God. Taking and daily writing out the Word of God. I had this book called 31 Days of Praise. And I would just start writing out the, every day. I had scripture verses, just write them out, and then I would read them, and then I would pray over them. And victory didn't come just like that. I remember day 17 was finally a breakthrough where all of a sudden the clouds started lifting. But I knew, even from day one, as soon as I started confessing my sins, I knew that healing was coming. And that God would do something, but it would mean this path, this walk of faith. And it was the start of something awesome in my life. It took time. And the path towards this kind of healing is a continual path because the worries will continue to come. But worry flees. Worry and anxiety is, flees and is crushed. When we finally say enough is enough and say, God, I need you. I need your word. And I trust that today would be the start for many of you. For all of us, ultimately. It can be a new day. Because God wants to do a new thing in your life. And tomorrow it will be new trouble, but there will be new mercies. Worry flees, anxiety is crushed by the power of the Word of God. I encourage you just in the next few moments as we go into a time of worship and a time of surrender. I encourage you to look over that list that if God is speaking in your heart to you and you say, I'm done with this, I'm done with this. I encourage you to put a mark through each one of those or a line across the paper there and say, I confess these areas of sin. Pray to God and confess these areas of sin and, and call it that. Call it sin. Don't justify it any other way. Call it what he calls it. He calls it sin. And ask him to forgive you and to cleanse you. And he will. But I'd encourage you to take it a step further, to nail it home. You're going to take these cards because they're sticky, you're going to take and you're going to put them on the cross. I put mine up there earlier today. And it's a way that we say, I, I, I'm nailing this to the cross. Today's the day I'm done with these. And as you come and get that, there's a card here. And here's one of the anchor verses that's on this card. And it says, casting all my anxiety on the Lord because he cares for me. Casting all my cares upon him because he cares. For me all my anxiety and then another verse at the bottom it says when i'm afraid i will put my trust in you and that these verses these two will be the anchors for the days ahead and then in the middle of these anchor verses are about 18 scripture references that then as you pick up one of these grab five or ten of these we've got like 600 of them up here so you can take as many as you want I encourage you in your own handwriting, take over the course of this week and keep, just write out these scripture verses and place these in your Bible, in your car, 
in your bathroom mirror, by your bed, in your night table, at work, and be reminded through the word of God that I'm casting all, when those worries coming, I'm casting all my cares upon you because you care for me. And it's saying, when I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. I will put my trust in the word of God. And I would encourage you to come with a confessing heart, come within a forgiven heart, because Jesus confesses. When we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will cleanse us. He will forgive us of our sins. And today is the day to nail this home. And there's going to be a worship song playing, and, and I just encourage you to, uh, you can sing along. It, it's a very simple song, repetitive, and yet it sends home an awesome message that we're not alone. He's with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. Today is a day for victory. Today is a day to be done with this worry, with these things that have plagued your life for years. And it's a pathway to start walking in victory and faith through the word of God. Have others on Wednesday night. We're going to take time. We're going to take these all off and we're going to take this. We're going to put them on a cross at the church office. And on Wednesday night, we're going to pray. Encourage you to even take time to fast and to pray on behalf of others and even in your own life. There are certain needs and things going on in people's lives where we need to pray. We need to call out to God. And Wednesday will be a great part, too, to what we're doing here today. No one will take and read these. They, they're all committed to the Lord. But just to know that He is faithful and He is just and He wants to deliver us. So I encourage you, whenever you're ready, to feel free to come and grab, put your sticky note up in there up there and then grab one of these cards with the writing and then grab 10 or so of these other cards it's your homework assignment the path to victory to freedom amen god would you just deliver us would we take that step of faith would we just be so sick and tired pride is dumb and that's what's going to keep some people stuck in worry and fear in the weeks and the months ahead but today, would this be a step of faith? It, it, it's not a miracle thing coming up to the front, but it is a way that we are saying, hey, I'm serious before God is enough is enough. God, I need your help. I want the prayers of my brothers and sisters. And God, would you just do a great work in this room? Even now we pray for your name and for your glory.